Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 370 and session number 114 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. And you guys know that our longtime listeners, it's one of my favorite days of the week because I get to listen to your questions and answer them for you and also connect with you. So if you guys have a question and you have not submitted it yet, you can always head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and then just leave a question there. All I ask is that you leave your first name, where you're tuning in from, and then a brief question. And I'll do my best to air it here on an upcoming Ask Scott session. Now today, what we're going to be talking about, just to kind of give you an idea, we're going to be talking about product approval. We're going to be talking about the open brand versus the full brand once again. We're also going to be talking about mixing different platforms and maybe when to do that. We're also going to be talking about product selection criteria once again, and I'm going to try to give you an idea exactly of the main things that I look for and that I suggest you look for when choosing a product. So that's what we're going to be covering here today. Now, before we do jump into those different questions, I did want to give you my thoughts for this week, all right? My thoughts as far as like what kind of hit me this week that's on my mind. Well, this one right here, and this is a quote from Vince Lombardi, and the quote goes like this. Winners never quit and quitters never win. Think about that. Winners never quit and quitters never win. If you quit, you can't win. Now, I've always talked about you can't, you can't even win if you don't start, right? So we have to start and then we have to keep trying. And if it doesn't work, we have to keep trying. You only fail. You only lose when you quit, all right? Really, really powerful stuff. And I do believe that that is the secret formula. A lot of people want the secrets. That's a big secret right there. Just don't quit. You know, just learn through the process. Um, I recently did an episode, actually last episode, episode 369, where I talked all about mindset and the secret formula. I'm doing air quotes there, right? I talked all about that in episode 369. If you did not listen to that, definitely, definitely listen to that. So I'm not going to rant here anymore about the mindset and the secret formula. I already did that on 361. But I want you guys to just really, really understand that this is a process and it is going to have its ups and it's going to have its downs. And I, I, I recently was reminded of this when I went to Seller Summit and I met a ton of people, a ton of listeners, by the way. And if you guys are listening, I want to say thank you so much for sharing your stories with me. But so many people said, you know, they might not have did good out of the gate, right? They, they, they just didn't do as good as they thought, but they didn't give up. They didn't quit. They kept going, they kept moving, right? And they learned through that process. You gotta understand when you are when you are doing anything, not just this, but when you're doing something, you're learning. And then when you're learning, you're able to apply it to the next thing, the next move, okay? So winners never quit and quitters never win. Vince Lombardi, love it. You might wanna write that one down and you might even wanna print that one out. I'll link that up in the show notes, which I'm gonna remind you guys about right now. If you guys want to download the show notes, the transcripts, all the goodies, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 370. All right, so what do you say? Let's go ahead and kick this baby off. Let's uh, let's go ahead and listen to today's first question, and I will give you my answer. Let's do this. Hey, Scott. Benjamin here. I love the podcast and find myself listening to them every chance I could get. Uh, my question is a little different, though. For the longest time, I wanted to sell on Amazon, and your book is starting to motivate me. But there's a twist. 
uh, instead of private label, I'm looking to manufacture my own product. Only problem is that it's a cosmetic item and subject to Amazon's requirements. Uh, specifically, providing invoices, business documentation, and having a safety assessment from a lab or something. Um, my question is, how best should I go about this for approval? It looks like the cost of getting started just went up, so should I first try selling my product on eBay? Uh, can you recommend any labs in the U.S. for the safety assessment and how much it might cost me? Or maybe even what kind of sheets Amazon is looking for? Are the invoices just a receipt that I can print? Uh, thanks a lot for taking the time to hear my question. Hey, Benjamin, thank you so much for the question and thank you so much for being a listener. And yes, this is a little bit of a twist on this question because generally we are allowing a manufacturer to do all of the heavy lifting. And in this case, you want to manufacture it yourself. Not quite sure why you would want to do that. Uh, I would personally look for a manufacturer that can do it for you, even on a small run, and then they're going to be able to take all of that testing and uh, also probably get the approval through Amazon because they're going to be approved or you're going to be able to at least get those invoices from a manufacturer. All right. Now, if you still want to do this yourself, it's going to be harder. Okay. doesn't mean it's impossible by any stretch of the imagination, but it is going to be harder. Um, I would probably reach out to someone like Michelle Love, who I've had on the podcast. I actually met her um, at our uh, Phoenix event. Uh, she's actually a private labeler herself, but she's also in her main business when, you know, when I met her, which still is, she's an insurance broker and, uh, and she owns an agency and she specializes in liability insurance. She would probably be someone that I would reach out to and discuss this and she may be able to point you in the right direction. But, there's a big but here, I would probably just have someone else manufacture it so this way here, you can kind of ride on their coattails a little bit because they're going to have done all of that for you. They're going to have the labs lined up. They're going to have their certificates. They're going to have all of that stuff. And I would definitely say keep it in the States, like keep it in the U.S. because that's where... Uh, you know, we can, I, I can't say a hundred percent that we can say that they're, they're legit, but you're going to see the certificates. You're going to be able to see all of the stuff, FDA approval, all of that through that, that, uh, that company. And they're also going to be able to connect you to a lab. Maybe that you're going to have to get tested. Maybe they won't even test it for you. You have to have it tested and then you have to give them a certificate, but at least they're going to give you the connection of where you have to have that done. But I think for you, I think you're going to have to have a third party manufacture it, but you may have to do your own personal inspections. And if that's the case, you're going to need to know who to go to for those inspections, right? Or for those lab tests and all of that stuff and the approvals. So again, just to give you some of the things that first came to my head was I would reach out to a manufacturer that's already currently, you know, creating products similar to yours and asking them and just sitting down having a conversation saying, listen, this is what I want to do. This is what I, I need to know. And then they're going to say, well, in order to sell, you're going to have to have this, 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 and this. And then you're going to know that that's what you need. So I can't give you that advice. Only thing I can give you is the advice to 
go out there and, and find someone that's currently already doing it and then ask them where to go to get that testing and, and to, uh, to kind of move forward in this process for you. But I would say, and I would try to figure out, uh, again, a way to have that manufactured for you so you're not manufacturing it. Uh, I don't think that you want to manufacture it. Be- well, unless, take that back, maybe you already have manufacturing facility. I don't know that. Um, or maybe you just want to be a, a third party, a wholesaler that, uh, uh, you know, that, that delivers the product and you don't even sell it on Amazon. I'm not quite sure. Um, but from what I gathered, it sounds like you do want to sell it on eBay or Amazon. So if that's the case, I'm not sure I would want to be the manufacturer. You know, so many people want to do everything and that becomes challenging because now you're a manufacturer and you're a, you're a seller, two different animals there. Okay, so again, the resources that I would look into is a manufacturer that's already currently doing that type of product, reach out to them, have a conversation, and then number two, I would reach out to Michelle Love for liability insurance purposes, but also to ask her what needs to be done to, uh, to make sure that we're, uh, you know, that we're doing everything proper, and then she can probably um, guide you and direct you to a connection that can then give you further information. So hopefully this helped you. Good luck. Keep me posted. And uh, yeah, I think that you'll do fine. Just uh, I think you have to find the right person to give you the right advice um, as far as getting the manufacturing done and all the testing. All right. So, all right, guys, let's go ahead and listen to today's next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, how are you? It's Mike. I'm tuning in from far, far away, actually from Portugal in Europe. So I've been a big fan of your podcast for a long time and I look forward to see you live at the Seller Summit in Florida. And I have two quick questions. Uh, first of all, uh, when choosing several products to sell, are you looking to build a brand of related products uh, so that one brand is covering them all? I know you talked a lot about an open brand idea. And from the other hand, I know Greg lately is saying that uh, the brand doesn't matter at all. So you just pick any random products where the numbers look, look good. So even if they're not related at all, Amazon customers won't care. So which is the best way in your opinion? And the second question is, I know your podcast is mostly about Amazon, and but I see more and more sellers are looking to expand into Shopify and into other niches and mediums and doing drop shipping, retail arbitrage to avoid being dependent on just Amazon. So what are your thoughts about this? Are you going to expand into the other platforms? So thank you again for what you do. You really help a lot and inspire a lot of people from all over the world. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for the question from, well, another part of the world, which is pretty amazing. So thank you so much for listening and for submitting your questions. All right, so we're talking again, once again, about the open brand and then a full brand. And if you guys have not really heard us talk about the open brand concept or a regular full brand concept, we do dive deeper into that in episode 296. So theamazingseller.com forward slash 296. And basically what we're talking about here is being able to launch a variety of types of products under one brand. So one brand could be XYZ wholesale or XYZ deals, and then you can, in a sense, launch anything you want underneath that that is a product 
in a specific brand, but then you can, or I'm sorry, specific market. And then from there, you might say, oh, here's a different market with another product that might sell. I'm going to launch that one there. It's very similar to doing retail arbitrage underneath one brand. So if you've ever done retail arbitrage, you've pretty much done the open brand concept. It's where you have your brand, which is, you know, XYZ deals, and then you find something at retail at a huge discount, you list it, it's a basketball, and then you find a garlic press, and then you find a jump rope, and then you find a fishing rod, and then you, so you find all of these different items, and you can launch it underneath that open brand. The same thing goes in private labeling. We actually are doing that in one of the brands that we're partnered with, with Dom Sugar, where uh, what we've done, and this was actually Dom's idea when when we decided to kind of do this, was he was like, you know, I have these two main brands. I think he's got two brands that are private labeling, very successful, but they they require a lot of work, right? And he's he's you know he's done that, and they're very successful. But he's like, you know, there's some products that I see that could that I could do well, but I'm kind of limited. My hands are kind of tied because they don't go in my brand. So it'd be kind of cool to have this open brand that we can just kind of launch anything we want, whenever we want, if we see something that we feel would sell. Um, and that's kind of how that idea came. Now, Greg Mercer has done this pretty much from the beginning um, and where he has just launched, you know, miscellaneous products under just, you know, one brand, you know, I think he's got a few brands, but, you know, and I think it also comes because his mindset was when he was doing this in the past was he came from wholesale, I, I, maybe even some drop shipping, I'm not sure. Um, but I know that he's definitely done wholesale in the past. And when you're doing that stuff, it's it's kind of like you're just trying to throw a bunch of stuff out there and seeing what sticks. And then he just kind of carried that over to the Amazon space with private label products. So the open brand, if you're just starting, I think is a great place to start because your hands are not tied. Once you go in there and you start to develop that brand, you can say, well, I'm going to try a garlic press and then I see something over here. I'm going to try a fishing rod and then I'm going to go over here and I'm going to try a jump rope. Like there's different things that you can do without you feeling like it doesn't go with your product line. Now, if you have this huge passion around something that you know there's a huge demand for, there's a huge market for, you know, and I use fishing as an example. Um, and if you if you were in the fishing market and you were a die, you know, a diehard fisherman, then that might be a great avenue for you because you know you're gonna be able to create co- content around the brand. You're going to be able to, you know, understand the brand. You're going to know what the market wants and needs, like all of that stuff. That's a different story. And that's a full brand. Um, now, again, we've kind of played around in both of these, and they both work. Um, but with a full brand, you do have a better opportunity later if you ever want to exit the brand. So that's the differences. My advice, and it was funny because when I was out to Seller Summit, I had a bunch of people ask me about this. Like, if you were to start over again, what would it be? What would you do? Would you do the open brand? And the answer is, yeah, that's probably where I would start unless, like I said, I had someone that was going to be the front person, someone that I knew was going to be able to create content, and, and, and also a brand that I knew there was a ton of demand and it wasn't going away. It wasn't a trend. See, with the open brand, you can do trend products. You can do products that you think might only last a year, right, because they're trending, um, so again, that's the open brand versus the, the big full brands that we talked about. So that would be my advice, depending on where you are, depending on what you have available, you know, around you, um, then I would go open brand. All right. Now, the other thing is, as far as mixing platforms, that also is going to come down to, do you have an open brand or do you have a full brand? If you have an open brand, you know, the easiest thing to do is then just put it up on eBay or another channel like that. That's easy to just kind of put that product up. 
If you're building a brand, then it would make sense for like Shopify or your own e-commerce store and those types of things. So it's going to it's going to make a difference depending on what you're doing in the open brand versus a real full brand, right? So I can't really say that you should definitely do Shopify or you should definitely do a ClickFunnels, you know, uh, you know, website with, uh, you know, maybe some funnels that you build for it. Like you can still do that stuff in the open brand, but honestly, if I was going to do it in the open brand, it would be around like one or two or three products that were, that were related to each other. And I would build a little mini funnel that I could then drive external traffic to if I was going to go down that road, um, which we're actually going to be dabbling in, in the open brand that I'm partnered with Dom. Uh, so we're going to be playing around with that. We have a few products that they go well together and there's definitely times of the year that these do better than others. And we, we will probably be testing that out as well. So that's my thoughts on mixing the platforms. If you have a full brand, yes, you definitely want to start selling that on other platforms. Um, and I would start with the easier ones. And then from there, you know, start reaching out to other ones that you haven't tapped into yet. All right. So Hopefully that answered your question. Thank you again so much for those questions. Let's go ahead and listen to one more quick question. I'll give you my answer. We'll wrap this up and you can get on with your weekend. What do you say? Let's do this. Hi, Scott. This is Jack in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for all you do. I was wondering if you have a PDF or it's somewhere in your show notes or you have a chart somewhere that sort of lays out exactly what you're looking for in the product research phase as far as product number one, uh, what do you want the BSR to be and how many reviews are you looking for? Product two, same two metrics, three, four, and five maybe. Uh, do you have that somewhere? You know, I've heard you go over this a lot, uh, but I'm a little confused and I would love to know exactly best case scenario what would you want you know, product number one to have with those two metrics, two, three, four, and five. Um, if you could, uh, point me in the right direction or maybe answer the question on an upcoming episode, that would be awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Be well. Hey Jack, thank you so much for the question. And, uh, wow, I think we're kind of like neighbors. You're in Charlotte and, um, I'm just outside of Charlotte. I'm in South Carolina. I'm just on the edge. I'm about 25 or 30 minutes from Charlotte. So we're kind of like neighbors. And I also wonder if you're going to be at the North Carolina meetup. If you guys have not heard, we're going to be doing a meetup June 23rd. It's official now. Well, it's an unofficial official uh, meetup where it's just we're going to hang out. We're going to meet and greet and uh, and talk shop a little bit, meet other TASers in the area. If you guys want more information about that in North Carolina, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash NC for North Carolina. Go check that out. I've got an event page up there. If you're listening to this after the fact, well, you can still go to that page and see if we're going to be doing another one um, in the area uh, anytime soon because I do plan on doing other ones seeing that I am here local in North Carolina or just outside of North Carolina towards Charlotte. Anyway, let me get to your question here. All right, so I get this question a lot. Scott, like what are the metrics? Like what are the criteria? What are the things that we look at? Like, And I've got a pretty good little system that I kind of run through. I go through that exact validation process um, on episode 189. So theamazingseller.com forward slash 189. And pretty much nothing has really changed from that. Although I probably will be doing an updated one soon. So if you did want to see the updated one, if I have done one by the time you listen to this, I'll put it in the show notes of this episode. And then uh, you can go ahead and listen to that or actually watch me do that. I'm in 189. I actually show you um, in a video 
uh, of me actually going through the validation process. But what I'm looking for is really five things, or there's five steps to this. Let me say there's five steps. Number one is your sales. Okay, so I want to see sales. I'm not even going to consider it if the sales, the volume, the depth is not there. I want to be proven that there's product selling, um, you know, enough for me to get interested. And for me, it's following the 10 by 10 by one, which is I need 10 units being sold a day at $10 profit. And that's one product. So that'd be $100 per day per product. That's the goal. For every product we launch, we want to do at least $100 in profit eventually, not right out of the gate. And I want people to be misunderstood with that. A lot of people say, well, Scott, I launched and it's not at $10. It's at like $8 or something. And I'm like, that's a, that's a target. It doesn't mean that's where we're going to, you know, it's not where we're going to finish. We might have to reduce our cost in the, or our, our price in the beginning to get velocity. So that way there we can start to rank and all that fun stuff. All right. So, but I want to look at sales. Is there enough depth and demand? And the one mistake I see a lot of people making is they'll go, yeah, Scott, the top three are selling 500 each. And then, you know, so that's 1500. So that's good. Right. And the answer is not really because we want more depth than that, right? I take usually the, the, the one, the first listing through the 10th listing, we add those up collectively and we'd like to see 3,000 units being sold per month, all right? So I'm using Jungle Scout. That's how I do it. If you're gonna do this by BSR, then you gotta know what a BSR is that's doing 10 units a day. Um, I say just get the tool. Um, I've you know mentioned it you know a bunch of different times that that's like the number one tool that I would be using right out of the gate. Um, if you guys want to receive a discount on that, I do have an affiliate link that you guys can go through, which will be some extra resources there for you. A little shameless plug there, theamazingseller.com forward slash JS for Jungle Scout. Go check it out. But that's what I use. And then from there, I can look at all of these things really, really quickly. All right. And that's part of that process. So I like to look at sales first, number one thing, because if it doesn't have enough sales, it means I'm probably not going to get sales, right? That's what I'm after. The second part of this is the reviews. This basically allows me to see how competitive this space is or this product. If I immediately see that there's reviews that are 800 or 1,000 or 2,000, it's too competitive for me. That means that if, I'm saying if, if people are shopping and then looking at reviews to make their decision, it's going to be a long road for me. But if I find that there's there's a, a 3,000 sales generated between 10 listings and all of them are under 200 reviews, that's pretty good news. That means people are buying with low reviews. So it's not review driven. Better than that, if you can find uh, products that are, are uh, selling that only have 100 or less reviews, again, that's going to be better for you because now it's easier for you to make those sales, right? Because you're not competing on reviews. So that's one thing that I'm going to look at. That's the second thing. The third thing is we got to see that it's selling for enough. So the third, the third little checkpoint here is your price. Is it selling for $19 or more? And I use $19. It could be $18. It could be $16 if your margins are right. If you can buy it for a dollar or two and you can still sell it. But then again, you have to make sure that you're always going to be able to get at least your $16 or $17. That's why if you go for $19, you buy it right. Um, that's that's a, usually a good rule of thumb. Obviously, the more uh, you can charge, the better. Um, but I also want to make sure that I'm not seeing people in there lowballing it already out of the gate because that means that eventually it's going to start getting lowballed. Um, and then this, the the fourth thing that I'm looking at is the history. All right, the history. 
So I look at, because you might look at these numbers and go, oh, wow, look at that. Someone's selling 500 units a month and they've only got four reviews. Awesome. That's a home run. And you're, you're not seeing that they just launched like three weeks ago and they did a huge launch with, you know, maybe a, uh, you know, a, a slick deal offer or a fat wallet offer. Maybe they did something to get an influx of sales and you didn't see that because you didn't do the research of going back and looking at the history. So I always, always use the history of that product by looking at either Camel, Camel, Camel or Keepa. If you're in Jungle Scout, all you got to do is click on the price. It'll bring up Keepa and then you can see the history of the price. It'll also tell you how long it's been tracking for as far as like how long that they have data for. So that'll tell you how old the product is. The other thing is you can do the BSR. You can see how it's had spikes in the BSR over time and it will give you Really, I'm looking for making sure that they haven't just started selling like three to three weeks ago or a month ago, right? I want to know that they've been at this thing for over three, four, five months at least, all right? And that's how I would do that. So that's step four in this process. And then five is I would go over to Google Trends. And again, there's another feature in Jungle Scout. You can do this. Just look at Google Trends and then you can see how it's been trending. Is it trending up? Is it trending down? Is there different times of the year that it trends higher than others? Like all of that stuff. So there's my like five point checkpoint list, right? Like these are the things that I go through. So number one is sales. Okay. And I look at the top 10 listings. Number two is reviews. I'm going to see that they're still selling with 200 or less reviews. Then three, I'm going to look at the price, make sure that I'm going to be able to charge enough for it. And then four, I look at the history going back through, whether it's the BSR or whether that's it's the price, see how the price has fluctuated, all those things. And then five is Google Trends. And again, I go through this entire process in episode 189, all right? So check that episode out or go to the show notes of this page, theamazingseller.com forward slash 370. And if I have something done by the time this airs, I'll put it there. If not, check back and I'll try to include it there. And I'll probably do an entire podcast on what I just went through in a little bit more detail uh, after I go ahead and shoot that video. But 189 is exactly what I still do to this day. So definitely go check that out. All right, guys. So I think that is going to wrap up this episode. I did want to remind you guys, if you have a question that you want me to ask on an upcoming Ask Scott session, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. And I'll remind you also that the show notes to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 370. All right, guys. And remember this last one little thing that I mentioned in the beginning from Vince Lombardi, winners never quit and quitters never win. All right, guys, that's going to officially wrap this up. Guys, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. 